You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hello, hello, Slow Down Society, and thank you for being here. It is a cold, crisp November morning while I'm recording this, and I've got on fuzzy slippers and uh, a big, thick sweater, and there's definitely a chill in the air, and I can't wait to go outside and walk Sheldon and kind of crunch through the fall leaves. I'm recording this on Veterans Day, so thank you for everyone who has served our country and those who love those who serve our country. Um, Please know that I'm thinking of you and I'm just so grateful that we get to live where we get to live and there's wonderful people out there protecting us. So thank you very, very much for your service. I had the day off work today from my day job. And if, if you don't know this already about me, I do have a day job. I'm a school site secretary at an elementary school, which I love. <laughs> and I love it because I get to essentially mom all day long. I mom the kids, I mom the parents, I mom the teachers. And that is essentially <laughs> what I really love about it. And it absolutely overlaps with the other part of my life, which is coaching, um, because coaching and momming (laughs) is an awful lot alike. Um, I kind of joke with people that, um, a big part of my coaching is that I mom the moms or I mom the people who reach out to me and ask, um, for help and support and guidance. And I just love everybody bit of it. And, and sometimes people ask and they're like, why are you doing so much? Why are you doing these things? And I don't feel pushed. I don't feel hustly. I have decided on purpose that this is exactly what I want to do. And I'm going out and doing it in the way that feels good to me. If I don't want to do something, I don't do it. If I didn't want to record this podcast for you on this fall crisp morning, I wouldn't do it, but I'm choosing to do it and I'm choosing to do it on purpose and I love it. So slowing down and living a slow life doesn't mean that you're lazing around and and not doing anything. That is not what slow living is all about. And so today, today we're going to talk about something that keeps coming up in my coaching calls and in my social circles and with um, my friends at work and just different people in different areas. Um, I see it coming up in the news and on social media. And it's this idea of being sober curious and the idea that you can live a really wonderful, fulfilling, exciting life Um soberly, soberly, is that a word? (laughs) But in a, in a way where you aren't numbing out 
in any way. So today we'll be talking about mostly alcohol, but think about it. Where are you numbing? Where are you sort of anesthetizing yourself? Is it with drink, drugs, pot, food? Are you overeating in order to kind of ease anxiety and put this blanket of food in your body to feel all wrapped up and cozy? Are you overing with social media, um, with the news, with, with following politics? Are you trying to busy your brain because you are uncomfortable with the thoughts in your brain um, and, and busying it by, by following so much drama on social media or all of the stuff that happens with politics because it's easier for you to focus on that than it is to kind of go quiet and kind of go slow and be at peace with the thoughts of your brain. And, um, and that's what we're going to kind of dive into because it's, it's coming up a lot in my coaching calls and in my, um, the students that I work with in the simple shortcuts to peace course and that they feel in control and, and they feel like they've got this in so many ways, but for some reason this keeps coming up and they don't like it about themselves and it makes them feel bad. And if this is you, please know, oh my goodness gracious, you are not alone. Um, alcohol in is so prevalent in our society. It's really difficult to get away from. And my friend Kim actually mentioned it when we were recording together. I had two um, calls with Kim a while ago and they were recorded on this podcast. And she said something about like mommy wine culture and, and uh, wine moms and that kind of stuff. And, and I've had a few different coaching calls lately where the women introduce themselves and say, well, I'm your, your typical millennial wine mom and I need to stop them. I'm like, what? okay, so what does this mean? Oh, you know, like I'm a wine mom. Like, I don't. Tell me, what what does that mean? And, and why are you defining yourself that way? And they're like, oh, well, you know, like the way I take care of myself and the way I, I sort of pay myself back after momming all day and doing all this stuff for other people is I can't wait to crack open the bottle of wine at the end of the night and, and just relax and melt into it. And, um, and I love it. And, and that is okay. So one of the reasons I was so uncomfortable to record this podcast is I didn't want to come across as judgy in any way because I too <laughs> like wine. I too like relaxing. I too have no problem with um, rewarding yourself in a way that feels good that you've decided to. And so... What I'm talking about isn't that you need to be all or nothing about anything in your life. Real life is not black and white. There are lots and lots of different colors in it. And so I, I wanted to record this really because we're going into the holiday season and I've had some coaching clients who are already starting to be very anxious about the holiday season because they have been disappointed in themselves in the past by overing, by, by overdrinking or overeating. And so if that's you, listen in and um, maybe you will 
get some information that might be helpful in the future, or it might be helpful to pass along to someone else that you love. Um, But it's just something to think about and think about it in an open-minded way, not in a judgmental way, because we're all just humans, just humaning around, trying to do the very, very best we can. And once you know better, you do better or you try to do better. Okay. So I I Googled around to try and figure out what the colloquial definition of sober curious is. And um, it's in general, it's people who are wondering what life would be like without alcohol. Do you use alcohol to overcome social anxiety? Do you question why alcohol is present at every event? And, and I mean, every event, at, at soccer games, at softball games, at baseball games, um, at kid baby birthday parties, at baptisms, at baby showers, even when the bride-to-be can't drink. So, so just think about that. And, and again, we're not being judgy. We're, we're just being aware. Do you hate the all-or-nothing mentality that comes with sobriety? Maybe you don't have to drink, but often you do. And maybe secretly deep down inside, you wish you didn't. And if that's the case, then sober curiosity might be for you. So being sober curious means literally (laughs) to choose and to question or get curious about every impulse, invitation, and expectation to drink versus mindlessly just sort of going along with the dominant drinking culture. So so think about how many times you've been at a party or in a situation where someone might hand you something or hand someone else something and you see a teeny bit of hesitation, a, a slight pause. And then the person, and this could be you, says, oh, well, I shouldn't, but okay, what the hell, or what, what the heck, or, or whatever. Sorry, I said a bad word. Um, but, but I'll, so you have that teeny hesitation, but then you think better of it, or, or you think different of it, and you go ahead instead. So I would like you to just broaden the pause and, and really decide whether or not this is something that you want in your life. And this goes with food also. I have a lot of people that I work with and they plan out their meals and they plan out their calories and they plan out their macros. But then at the end of the day, if someone offers them something, they're like, ah, what the heck? Free, free, free is free. I'll take it. Um, so I really want to get away from the, the black and white of it. And, and please, please look at this with a very wide lens. Um, because sober curious culture, it encourages a somewhat mostly sober lifestyle, but it also welcomes people who aren't willing or ready or planning to give up alcohol completely. And, and, and this is, um, absolutely something that I agree with and, um, and believe in and, and help people with. So in coaching, it comes up a lot and that people come to me and, and they wish they could stop <laughs> doing whatever it is. So um, with my one-on-one clients and the students in the Simple Shortcuts to Peace course, we talk instead about 
what it is you want to start. And maybe you want to start feeling healthier and start sleeping better and start responding instead of reacting. And we're all just humans (laughs) with very simple reflexes and we really want and we desire that quick hit of dopamine that makes us feel good right away. It's sort of like when someone's bleeding, what you want to do is quickly cover the wound. And when you're feeling anxious, you want to quickly make that anxiety go away. And if you take a shot of something or you quickly eat a, a carton of ice cream that you didn't want to, that sort of pacifies that anxiety feeling. But I want you to feel it and acknowledge it and realize that it's not going to really solve the problem by slapping that Band-Aid on right away. So let's think about it. One of the best ways to start doing things, so that so there's start goal, we, you can classify them as goals. You can classify them as start goals and stop goals. And um, again, one of the most useful tools that I've created, it's on Amazon and it's the 30 Days to a New You journal. And you can use that for both start goals and stop goals. But I have found through my own life and in my own <laughs> coaching of myself and then coaching of others that start goals are so much easier to do. And um, the best way to do it is with a pattern interrupt. And so we've talked about this on earlier podcast episodes. So if you're already a regular listener, this might um, be a repeat. But what it simply means is that we're going to just interrupt uh, what you normally do. So if you come home maybe at 4 p.m. at work or 5 p.m. from work and you really, really, really want a glass of wine and that is your habit and that is something that you routinely do, but you have decided on purpose that you don't want that habit anymore. You want to stop that particular behavior. The best thing to do is to interrupt that pattern and instead of walking right into the kitchen or or right into the bar or wherever it is that you go at 4 p.m., you do something different. You stop at the gym. You stop at a walking trail. You go to the library where you can't eat and drink anyway. So you you have done something different to interrupt the pattern and you have started a new activity and then you stick with it for a while. So that's why I really like the 30 days to a new you journal is you now have a new thing that you're going to do for 30 days. You're going to start going for a walk at 4 PM, or you're going to start going to the gym, or you're going to start running. Maybe you download the couch to 5k, uh, app and, and start doing that. And, and another thing, what ends up happening when you do these kind of pattern interrupts is you sort of reprogram your brain in that you start desiring this newness. You start desiring the, the sort of trickle-down effect. So if you have given up 
whatever it is you've given up because you have started something new, you start feeling better about yourself and you start feeling proud of yourself and you start desiring that feeling better than this sort of white knuckle approach that we've all done numerous times when we are trying to stop doing something. So, uh, so for instance, if you want to stop biting your nails, one of the best things to start doing is filing your nails, paying attention to your cuticles, painting them, um, either paying for regular manicures or giving regular manicures yourself. So yes, the desire to, to bite your nails and, and the uncomfortable anxiety feeling that happens and you really want to bite your nails, but then when you look down at them and you think, gosh, my cuticles look great and, and I, I'm really proud of all of the things I've done, all of the, the stops I've done along the way because I've started taking care of them. That ends up being your new sort of dopamine fix. And, and the desires, they, they, they come like, like they're on whims. So, but it, it's just not quite as desirable uh, as they used to be. So I kind of, I kind of joke with some of my, my coaching clients and, and students in the Simple Shortcuts to Peace course. I'm like, so are you married? And I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay. So you desire your husband. They're like, yeah. I'm like, great. I desire my husband too. But that doesn't mean that I've taken away all of the other men in the whole world. I, like, like they're there, but they're just there. So same with alcohol, same with food, same with social media. It's just there, but I no longer desire it. It's just, it's just there. Like, like whatever. I can talk to some man at the grocery store, but it doesn't mean I desire him in any way. You can walk by the, the bakery section and it's just there. You know it's there. And if you change your mind and if you decide on purpose, I'm, I'm going to go eat this or I'm going to go drink this because there's a wedding coming up and I know I'm going to have champagne. That's okay because you've decided on purpose that you're going to do this. And then also decide what your limit is. So being sober curious and, and being sober or, or curious about anything doesn't mean you're never going to ever do it again. I think a lot of times people are so cut and dry. Like, oh, this must mean I'm an alcoholic and I'm not an alcoholic. I just don't like that I'm, I'm drowning and numbing myself in this way. That, that's okay. This doesn't mean anything about you. And, and I'm not a huge fan of labels anyway. And I did, I think there's, I think it's episode number 24. I did a whole episode on of labels. Okay. So I, I had this other woman that I was working with for a while and she had a problem with, um, or she decided she had a problem. So she was wanted coaching on it, um, on overeating. So she thought she had BED, which is binge eating disorder. And so we talked about it from, from a very basic psychological, um, point of view. And we, I pointed out that she is not her label and, um, the, the feelings, the insecurities, the inadequacies, the in anxieties that bubble up will always be there. Um, 
And it's up to her of whether or not she pacifies it and, and makes it feel better by eating or by starting a new habit. So since nine o'clock uh, happened to be um, her kitchen time, we decided together at about 8.30, she was going to start getting herself ready for a bath. And that was her start goal. That's what she was going to start to do. And if she still felt like she needed to eat after the bath, okay. But she was going to start taking this bath. And so she's in the water and she's all cozy and warm and she's drinking herbal tea and listening to podcasts. And around nine o'clock, the idea of drying off and getting dressed and going into the kitchen and preparing food just seemed like so much work. And she was so relaxed and, and so at peace. She ended up just getting out of the bath each night and then going straight to bed. And over time, she did lose some weight and, and the weight that was really bothering her um, sort of shifted. And that made her feel so good. And then the desire shifted. The desire shifted to, I really just can't wait <laughs> to hop in the bath. And so she was joking around with me and she was messaging me and saying, well, my 8.30 bath has now been inching up and, and I'm taking my bath at six o'clock at night <laughs> and going to bed super early. Um, and so, but, but that's what being curious is all about is, is figuring out why you're doing the things you're doing and, and only doing what it is you really want, what you've really decided on purpose about and, and not succumbing to feeling like you can't control urges. You can't control your desires because you absolutely can. So I want to be able to give you a few resources about drinking. And if you feel as if you want to sort of embark upon your own kind of discovery of drinking or, or whether or not you're interested in sober curiosity, um, some resources that I have found fascinating and my coaching clients have really enjoyed and I've um, worked through them with them. Um, one is there's a great book called This Naked Mind by Annie Grace and that's great. And I, I read it actually on my Kindle on a holiday weekend and it was just fascinating and wonderful about um, the effects alcohol has on the brain and all of the, the dopamine receptors and... Um, numbing out and the societal pressures that come along with drinking. I think you would really enjoy it. Another really helpful um, thing is, is actually on social media, it's, uh, on Reddit. And uh, Reddit, I love to read because I read it as if it is news um, and news from real people. And um, I don't know, I don't look at it as social media. I just I just have fun with it. I know there's an app, but I only sit at the desktop and scroll through. But there's a subreddit called Stop Drinking, and that is phenomenal. Um, and I would highly recommend it. And then there's another one called uh, a subreddit of Stop Drinking um, 
fitness. I think it's called Stop Drinking Fitness, but you'd be able to find that by Googling it. And that's one thing that is really fascinating because it does absolutely come up with my coaching clients who are trying to shift like the last 10 pounds or trying to find a way to get up earlier to write the book that they've always wanted to write and they're not able to. And so if you decide, you know, I'm going to do a dry January or a sober September and all of a sudden you realize you're sleeping better and because you're sleeping better, you can get up and you can do the things that you want to do. And then that's really motivating. It makes you feel good. And a lot of people embark on these 30 day challenges like a sober um, September or dry January. And they realize that the last eight pounds that or 10 pounds or whatever it is they've been holding on to sort of just sort of disappears because they're no longer drinking calories. They're no longer um, inflaming their body with, with sugar and alcohols and other things. And so a lot of the bloat and water retention that you may or may not have been um, holding on to just sort of melts away in this fascinating way. But the more often you do these things, the more often you give yourself little personal challenges you um, and, and follow through, the stronger you become and the more resilient you become and you feel confident and like life, whatever it is, whatever the challenges are, bring it on. And then you start feeling like life is happening for you or with you instead of life is happening to you. And it's a great and powerful way to kind of shake it up. And, and the fact is, we're all doing this. We're, we're, we're all here <laughs> on this blue-green marble uh, trying to do the very best you can. But if you think, if you think just a little bit that your life may be better in a certain way if you stop doing this, that, or the other, or start doing this, that, or the other. You owe it to yourself to follow it through at least for 30 days and collect some data. And then let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. Okay. I hope this was helpful. If you've got any questions, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And if you are curious about something, what's holding you back from exploring this curiosity? What's holding you back? Let me know. Um, and as always, all of this brain work and the mindset exploration and the accompanying worksheets, they're embedded in the Simple Shortcuts to Peace course. And you can join at any time, stephanieoday.com forward slash peace. I'd love to see you inside. All right. Consider yourself loved and hugged. I think you are wonderful. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.